Okay. So, Peter, again, it's really good to see you. You've, you've calling to ask a question about how to do things you don't want to do. And that you mentioned that, um, that you've got a job all day and then you have to work on a PhD thesis. Uh, and that's the, the trick. Here's, here's a question for you. Why do you want a PhD? That is a very good question. First of all, it should be because you, you can you say that you burn for something? You really like something? Okay. But You're, if you really like doing something, then you do it because you really like it, right? And sometimes yeah. what you want to do requires the PhD as part of the educational process. And yeah. when you enjoy the educational process, then you can get to enjoy it even before you're doing it. Enjoy yeah. learning to do it and then enjoy doing it. Right? Yeah. Where does the thesis come in? Yeah. Well, the... yeah. Okay. So, okay. That's the question. Where did the thesis come in? Because where, wherever the thesis is coming from and whatever it's fitting into, you don't like it. So now yeah. you're sandwiched between two things that you like with something you don't like. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you can see that that's an uh, uh, an ends to a mean, excuse me, a mean to an end, and that what we're looking for with within the context of uh, the teachings of the Buddha is to let everything be a means, and the ends are not important. In fact, there's really no end to it. It's just more means, one mean after another mean after another mean. Uh, and so uh, when people look at things like the end justifies the means, what they're actually talking about here is, is that they don't like it. They like the end, they like the result, but they don't like the doing of it. This is the ordinary mind. The more noble mind is going to say, okay, if I enjoy doing the end result and that this is part of the means to that, then why don't I go ahead and enjoy that? In other words, you can enjoy the moment while the, whether you're doing the PhD dissertation or not. And so this, there's a way to approach that. And that is, is that um, when you think about the dissertation, how do you think about it? When you even think dissertation, how do you feel? The way that I imagine that you would feel that you would have just thinking about the uh, the thesis and you have a version. So you are talking about investigation right now, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just a momentary passing thought. Let's say that you're in there digging on something, maybe eating a meal or digging into somebody's bowels, whatever is happening. <laughs> uh. And the thought dissertation comes up. It yeah. may be a, uh, an image of a piece of paper. It may be the image of a book or something. It may be the image of the professor, or it may be just the word dissertation or the German word for it. But it only happens in the thought moment. And then what's the next thought moment is the feeling or the result of that thought. And that's the one that I'm questioning you about. So we're already talking about something that happens within a split second. And you might not be able to answer that, but now that I'm asking the question, you can begin to look at it. How do you feel when you think about dissertation? Pretty yeah. much, I bet that you feel bad when you think about it, rather than feeling good when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. That's it. <laughs> When you have thoughts of the dissertation, you also follow that, or that thought itself is an unwholesome thought. How can you change the thought of the dissertation from an unwholesome thought of dissertation into a wholesome thought of dissertation? Yeah, that's by, by gladdening the mind, I think. When right, like, wow, well, let me at that dissertation. I got half into it, and then I felt bad, so I quit, but I feel great right now. Let me at it. <laughs> yeah. 
this was also the approach I was thinking about doing doing this like transforming the mind in terms of gladdening it when feeling unwholesome thoughts. Mm -hmm. Well, as you'll remember, we started this with uh, you're getting the PhD so that you could do something that you like doing. Yeah. And learning how to do that is also enjoyable. So you like yeah. doing this and then you uh, enjoy learning how to do this. Well, the dissertation is nothing but pointing out to you and the whole professional system that you do know how to yeah. do it. And so in a way, it's the proving. And that proving should be just as joyful as the doing. Yeah. Or the learning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that, in fact, we can look forward to it in the sense of looking at the dissertation as something for discovery, because that's what it's supposed to be. I'm surprised how many people get a PhD and they hate it. Yeah. Why? Why do they hate their dissertation? Their whole life is based in that dissertation. I mean, they spent 12, yeah. 15 years of school just to get up to the point of that dissertation. They didn't know it back then, but that was the whole point. And now yeah. the whole job system is going to be built upon the fact that you've got that dissertation. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not against professions that have dissertations. I'm against bad feelings of doing dissertations when they can be doing them joyfully. Yeah. Maybe now this is maybe, something that's hard for people to get. Go ahead. Maybe it's it's such frustrating it's such um or many people don't like it because it's such a frustrating work you're working on something and the results are not immediately there there it's it takes a very long while to have results and you you even have wrong will have wrong with results and you have to start the work all over again and that is so frustrating but the question i was coming along is that it's still a very good place to practice, isn't it? Because the real challenge Precisely. is to have awesome thoughts then. Exactly. Now, let's put a couple of analogies in here. Have you ever seen two dogs chase down a rooster? What is a rooster? A, a male chicken, the, the, uh, the ones ah, yeah. that, that fight. Okay, yeah, we're talking yeah. about a tough bird. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, okay. Have you ever seen two dogs? I, I, one dog is really hard, but two dogs can get a rooster. Have you ever seen them do it? Yeah, like no. Videos. Okay. Have you ever <laughs> Maybe. seen a cat? Have you ever seen a cat catch a mouse? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Is the cat bored and frustrated with that mouse, or is he interested? I'm very much interested and focused. Exactly. Okay. So how can you get interested in this dissertation that's very, very much like the entire motivation of a cat with a mouse? Or like we just saw the other day, two dogs with a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's the same thing. It's the hunt. Enjoying the hunt as much as enjoying uh, the capture. Yeah. The PhD itself, when you get that, it will be a remarkably good feeling, but it'll be really, really short-lived compared to all the frustrating work that you put into that presentation. <laughs> yeah. Or you can enjoy the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what it's all about, enjoying the whole show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a yeah. simple way of looking at it? Yeah. Okay. So how are we going to, to go about doing that? One of the things that we can do with that is, is to intentionally have thoughts of the dissertation with the thought of, I can do that. Uh -huh. Right attitude. The right attitude. The attitude of I, not only can I do that dissertation, but I like it. I'm so good at it that I like doing it. <laughs> Generally, we don't like doing things that we're not good at, and we tend to do like things that we are good at. Yeah. Okay. So get good at writing dissertations. Because yeah. the only way to go, do it good is to enjoy doing it.
because you're really interested in your topic. I remember writing mine and I was just really all over it. Really? Yeah. That is great. I wish I would be there. <laughs> well, um, like any ordinary uh, book, what you want to do is get your get your chapters headings, map out the whole dissertation in advance knowing that there's going to be holes left in it in chapter 12 or something like that. Like yeah. <laughs> chapter chapter 12, the revealing of the Big Bang. <laughs> 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 or something like that. The, the, the point of it, the, the gotcha. Uh, yeah. You don't know what that is while you're still writing the dissertation, but you're on that that path. So that's the first thing is, is to get it organized in your mind. That way, when you think about the dissertation, you won't think about the whole dissertation, but you'll think about, oh, chapter six. Yeah, I could do that. Oh, chapter yeah. 14. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. That in, in fact, the divide and conquer is exactly the way to look at a dissertation because if you see it the whole show, it's an overwhelming mess yeah but when you start dividing it up so that's a, that's one thing that i would uh, point out too is is that it's not just writing uh free flow but it needs to be organized yeah isn't that the same like doing the practice in the right way you shouldn't like see the whole thing like enlightenment you should see what you actually can do like right now. One step at a time in this present moment. This yeah. step. Okay. Yeah. The Chinese have a phrase and a lot of people misunderstand it when they say that a, uh, that a journey begins, a thousand mile journey begins with just one step. Except yeah. that after you take your step, you've still got a thousand mile journey to, ahead of you. What are you going to do now? Take a step. Yeah. And now I've got two steps in, but I'm still a thousand miles from our journey. What do I do now? <laughs> well, the first thing we do, take another step. Okay. So this, <laughs> you get it now. Okay. Yeah. But, but you're thinking about the whole dissertation is the whole thousand miles. Yeah. Yeah. And so by doing it through these chapters and getting it uh, broken down into things like that, you can see just one step at a time. Just one yeah. step. Do you know what's really interesting, Bante, is that my practice really changed. Um, it's pretty much the same situations with the practice right now, because um, in the beginning, my practice felt really easy. There was very little effort to put up wholesome thoughts and start this one minute we were talking about the right view, right uh, uh, right concentrate, uh, right mindfulness, and uh, right effort come together, and I find myself now doing having to start this one minute over and over again because the hindrances are coming in, and it pretty much yeah. Feels but now the you're same. getting good at seeing them. You see, in the beginning, everything is okay. Yeah. On my mind, I've got good. You know, there are no hindrances here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no hindrances here. <laughs> so this is and so but then we said, wait a minute, what's that? <laughs> what am <Yeah>. I doing? <laughs> yeah. And so the waking up process is that and that happens. And the the point is is that you need then to really congratulate yourself because now you're seeing the hindrances that you couldn't see before. Yeah. That this this is the entire process is the wake up to see uh, not just the gratifications in what we're doing, but seeing the dangers in it also. Yeah. Okay, so in the beginning, every thought is gratifying, is my thought. Wow, what a beautiful brain this is. Every thought's perfect. <laughs> and then we start investigating and we begin to see, wait a minute, not that one. And wait a minute, not that one. And then it seems like a whole conveyor belt of nothing but one wholesome <laughs> thought after another. But at least now we know. And that's yeah. a major improvement. 
and learning how to kick those unwholesome thoughts out and gladden the mind is, in fact, uh, the practice. So now we need to do that with dissertation. Unwholesome thoughts or dissertation come out. Ah, I can handle that dissertation. That piece of that's easy. That's yeah. just me proving what I already know. <laughs> we'll discover yeah. something in there. Yeah. So having that confidence rather than seeing it as a drudgery, because the fear is the fear of failure. Mm. Definitely. Almost yeah. no thesis fails. Mm. But a few of them take a do-over. Mm. So that's an important point is, is that you can get the help with the dissertation. Yeah. But the way to get the help from for the dissertation from the professors is not, oh, poor me, my 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 dissertation is so hard. I need help. <laughs> that's not the right way to, to handle the professor. The right way to handle the professor is to take a piece of paper in there and say, hey, bro, look at this. This is what I found out in my dissertation. Please help me and think about this. And it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. But the attitude about how you handle that with the prop will will be the difference between a good dissertation or not. That if he sees you poor me, that's all he's going to see when he starts grading that. But if he sees you pop in with a, a profound insight and he wants and you want to have some clarification to that, he's going to remember that when he's grading that dissertation too. Yeah. This is yeah. all psychology. So yeah. it, that dissertation actually, the, the reality of it is, is that it is more of a relationship with your profs than it is a long 100, 600 page document. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, think about it like that, that this is not about a long piece of paper. Mm. This is about a relationship with your profs. Maybe it's a bit like good friendship, like telling you, ah, I found out that in my practice. Without exactly. you grading it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the way yeah, to handle props with that dissertation is really is all about changing your attitude about it. Yeah. Now there uh, this is not new information. This is well known, well tried, well true. So many people understand this. Many people understand it naturally, but we can see in places to where it becomes quite profound. In the Bible, in fact, there's a passage that says, whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might, all thy strength, and all thy mind. Some people, you put the word soul in there someplace, but with the whole point is, is that whatever you're doing, do it, get into it, yeah. jump on it, seize yeah. it, grab hold of it. That you don't get mamby-pamby with picking up snakes. You either pick it up and get fit, or you pick it up right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you got to pick up that dissertation right. You got to grab it by the throat. Yeah. High up on the throat. <laughs> <laughs> Even to the point that you can put your thumb right down on his head. Okay, yeah. so that's the way that you, uh, this is the analogy, by the way, that the Buddha brings in, is, is that uh, uh, the, the Dhamma is often caught like a snake at the wrong end, and it turns around and bites you. Anything will bite you. Right now, your dissertation is biting you. Yeah. And you need to turn it around and grab it by the throat. Yeah. With that strength of mind. So whatever the hand findeth to do, you do it with all your might. Or you put your you put your guts into it. You put some skin in the game, and you do it with the confidence that you can do this thing. Yeah. Now, Bikkhu Buddha Das, go ahead. Yeah, I was also I was also having this question that to to have a solution for all for all this that shouldn't or um, that a big part of the practice 
shouldn't it be becoming one with the object, whatever it is, like becoming one with the breath in the right way with, by putting up wholesome and thoughts and, well, and so on? that's a way of expressing it. Many people will misunderstand, and there's various ways of, uh, of doing it. I think that the way that that got famous was because of that uh, uh, joke about the Dalai Lama when he was at the UN and out on the, uh, the street. I have he got seen that. Dog. <laughs> yeah, I want to get one with everything. Everything, right? Give me yeah, a hot dog. Yeah. Give me one. Make me one with everything is the actual phrase. Yeah. Make me one with everything. All right. <laughs> this is actually it, then. In a way that you are not separate, me and the dissertation. Yeah. But rather, when you're in the dissertation, you and the dissertation are one. This is what you're yeah. doing. You're in it. Whatever thy hand findeth to do, jump on it. Get into yeah. it. And do it with all thy might. And, and that all thy might is actually quite beautiful. Uh, I used to misunderstand it thinking that that means work hard. Mm. But really, it means the right attitude. Yeah. That you're mighty. You're a mighty yeah. dissertation warrior. <laughs> you, you can beat that. You beat that thing right into shape. <laughs> yeah. And so this is what Bhikkhu Buddhadasa means by the void mind. Mm. What is the what mind void of is void of the hindrances to doing whatever we're doing. Yeah. Okay, and actually he wrote a little poem about this. Whatever you're doing, do it with void mind. What that means is, is that the only thing that's in the mind is what we're doing. And it is void of all the stuff that we're not doing, including not liking what we're doing. Yeah. And so if you're actually now in the point of doing the dissertation, and you have a moment, wow, this is tough, or I don't understand this, or this is hard, or I've reached that point, okay? That means now is the time to stop. Don't push through. Mm. Now is the time instead to go back, because in fact, in this particular moment, as with every moment, how you feel is more important than what you do. So take mm. a break. Stop. Get yourself back into a really good state. Begin to have wholesome thoughts about dissertation with the can-do. And then 10 minutes later or an hour later, you could come back to that dissertation fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Because the mind gets tired. And so get when the mind gets tired or when he gets tired of the dissertation, when you get, ah, then, <laughs> then leave it. Don't push through. Yeah. Yeah. So long as you can keep your mind focused on something, then we can get it done. Yeah. But when the mind gets tired or when we don't like it and our feelings get in the way and other things like that, then the normal thing to do is to continue working, but screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. But the alternate is, is to give yourself a break. Stop doing it. We don't have to be working all the time. But our society has really, really screwed up humans. In fact, some people even are having two. In fact, you're doing that now. You've got two full-time jobs. Yeah. All right? Give yourself a break. Yeah. Take some time off. In the time of the hunters or gatherers, they know now, uh, based upon a lot of research, that the hunter-gatherer societies, uh, they were broken down between the big tough guys and the women and the children and whatnot like that, and the women and children would go out gathering. And they'd only gather what they needed for the day, which would take only an hour or two. Yeah. Meanwhile, the hunters, they went out and they stressed, uh, they, they strategized about how to get this will to be over the cliff. <laughs> and when they got it, or the mastodon or whatever it was, then they just called the crowd and everybody came. This is what real nomad is about. It's not about going and finding game. It's about when you get the game, you stay there. <laughs> you move <laughs> <Yeah>. in. 
and so for six days, the guys have got no place to go with nothing to do but just to hang out. And they live a, a, a comfortable hunter-gatherer's life. Yes. And here we are in the West, in Europe, in Germany, slaving and slaving and slaving and slaving. And I really mean that word slaving. Why? Because we are at the mercy of some outside master. Mm -hmm. Who has us working way too hard. Mm -hmm. And we need to learn to live a relaxed life rather than mm -hmm. having infrequent retreats and vacations punctuated at the end with retirement. That just that system doesn't work very well. We need yeah. to learn to retire five or six times in our lifetime, or maybe a dozen yeah. or more. <laughs> yeah. Take a sabbatical, take some time off. So with that in mind, we can come back to the present moment and recognize that I don't have to, if I'm going to spend four hours on that dissertation, doesn't mean I've got to be sweating over that dissertation for the next four hours. I can work for 10 minutes, then take a 10 minute break, and then come back and do 20 minutes, and then take a 10 minute break, and then do another 20 minutes, and then do a 10 minute break. And my four hours are spent almost half the time sitting and enjoying my life and the other half the time was a better dissertation than a miserable four hours of dissertation yeah. i think this is a very good advice yeah the keeping the mind in in uh in sharp focus is much yeah. better than drudging on doing something that we don't want to do yeah what's funny about that is that if I'm learning other stuff I have to do for work, um, I really love it. And when learning, it almost feels the same like meditating. I'm very much into, for example, learning uh, some, I don't know, medical medicines or something new. And I'm mm -hmm. very much into it. And if, if you want to call it like that, too, uh, I'm one with the object then it almost feels the same like meditating. I have a very pleasant feeling with the body. I'm very focused. Um, and I think the only difference... Congratulations for realizing that. This is a natural human trait. It actually is. And here's the thing. I talk about a switch in attitude from time to time. There yeah. is a built-in function. That built-in function has to do with doubt and uncertainty, and that's based upon the fear of the unknown. It's an instinct. If we can change that around by pulling it out of the unwholesome and put it into the wholesome, we change it from doubt into curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> and now learning becomes a joy. Yeah. It's built in that way as part of the function of, uh, of of the human being that, yes, we enjoy learning. Yeah. Why is it then that in school we wind up making education not fun anymore when, in fact, education is an enjoyment? Yeah. And we turn it into work. Yeah. And the teachers teach the children to work at it rather than enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. And if we would teach the kids to enjoy their schoolwork, we'd have, you know, everybody making A's. That's basically <laughs> what it's like. If you like what you're doing, you're going to get good at it. If you get yeah. good at something, you're going to like it. If you're not good at something, you won't like it. And if you don't like it, you won't learn to do it. Self-fulfilling prophecy like that. Yeah. Okay, so you've already gotten half the work done because you now know that you enjoy learning. Yeah. That's remarkable. Almost all of us spend time learning. We like it. Yeah. It's an enjoyable way of spending our time. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and if it's if it's wholesome learning, then it's wholesome time. And so learning how to um, 
with medicine or in, in my case, electronics. I've just been having a, the past couple of days, to be honest with you, just on the side point, is that I've finally gotten the network back up. It's completely up now. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is the first time. And the way that I had to do it was uh, uh, basically what happened is over a course of, of year uh, or two, I had two main servers die. Both <clears> of them were raids. Both of them had a number of uh, USB drives to it. Yeah, I have found that Windows, I don't know why I have to do more research, but it appears that uh, uh, that Windows 10 only allows six USB drives. I'm getting in mm -hmm. way too much detail. But anyway, finally, by buying two old Dell PCs, each one of them having six USB ports, I've been able now to get uh, plus three hard drives in one of them and four hard drives in another one. Yeah. So I've got so now I've got one one PC that's a server that's got nine hard drives attached to it. <laughs> and I've got two of them. And and uh, so finally I've got the network back up because the network has grown as while servers have been down. But this is the first time in two years I've had that uh and it's been quite a joy. It's been tiring. Yeah. But it wasn't tiring in the sense of, oh, I can't stand this or what the yeah. problem is. No, this is really enjoyable. Yeah. I was in the process. I had to figure out which USB cables were working now. So many of them are old and this is on an island. So things rust. <laughs> 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 and so there's okay. all kinds of complexities like that. But finally, I've, I've got it. So the point that I'm making is, is that as long as I knew that it was going to be a lot of work, mm. I could avoid it. I don't have to do this. But when I finally got around to doing it, hey, this is great. Yeah. So that's, this, that's yeah. This is the same problem with with my situation that it's only the thinking about it which makes me unwholesome thoughts when doing the the, the dissertation. I have fun with it. So it's it's more like the process of starting it, you know? That's the first thing I said in our conversation earlier today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is when we think about that dissertation, that's when it's most painful. And then we don't want to go do it because then we, when we're doing it, we think we got to think of it often. And just one thought moment was enough to make me feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when we catch those thought moments about thinking about that dissertation, look at how you feel immediately, because it's just thinking about the dissertation is where all the grief comes from. Yeah. Well, then I can handle that. I'll get around to it. Yeah. When I feel really good, I'll do it. Yeah. So these are the ways to think about it rather than uh, letting it get you down. As we probably said before, and you've maybe heard this other place, a student once said, and I think it's brilliant, every one of us, each human being is an emperor of our own pile of dirt. Yeah. Here you are now with, the, uh, with a pile of dirt called a dissertation. <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you going to crawl under that? I mean, that's what you've been doing. Every time you think about it, you're just dumping that pile of dirt on you. Yeah. No, you can handle that. You can sit on top of your world. That dissertation is a piece of cake. You can do that. Yeah. Ask anybody. I mean, ask anybody who's done one, a professor. Go ask them. Did you yeah. do a dissertation? Was it hard? Did you like it? And yeah. they'll say, now I liked it. When I was doing it, I didn't like it. Well, that was yeah. <laughs> you can go like it while you're doing it. Yeah. I've never met anyone who was enjoying the process of writing a dissertation. So I think it's a very normal, but still a very good place to practice. Exactly. A very good challenge. This is exactly yeah. correct. But one point, though, that you can use in other things, and that is, is that for a first grader, a dissertation is just not possible. It's yeah. beyond their capabilities. 
Okay. You got to get ready for it. And so uh, another analogy would be like uh, the, the 90 pound weakling walks into the gym <clears throat> with the idea he's going to be a muscle man and immediately goes to the heaviest weights in the gym <laughs> to start piling them on. <laughs> he's going to more than likely he's going to hurt himself. Yeah. Right. So we're not talking about that. So we're not first graders doing a dissertation. We're ready for it. We're not a 90 pound weakling. We're actually ready. We're 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 pumping. So what what we're really talking about is, is that when we're a good practitioner, then dissertations would be a good thing to practice on. Vika Buddha Dasa actually recommends yeah. sickness. That when we get sick, that's a great time to practice. A lot of people say, oh, I don't want to meditate. I don't feel good. The answer yeah. to that is, hey, you don't feel good. That's the time to meditate. <laughs> That's the time yeah. to practice. <laughs> yeah. To see that yeah. your body is sick, but the mind is not. The mind does not have to be sick just because the body is sick. Yeah. And so this idea of just giving it a push, just pushing, just push a little bit. Yeah. And get the momentum going. That way you don't yeah. have to struggle with it. Yeah, that Take was break. also a question I was having. Um, it's very easy to be aware in nature where, where you have beautiful trees and it's really easy to practice there. But like you said, when I was sick, um, I felt very bad, but I was thinking about our talks and the practice. And when I always started this one minute of, being aware, putting up wholesome thoughts. And when those factors were coming together, I felt very good. But then the sickness punched in and then I felt very bad. And I had to start this one moment where all these things were coming together over and over again. So it's easy to do it mm -hmm. in nature and you have long periods of these times. But when sick, it's a real challenge to do it. You can do it and you will. I but you can't. Yeah. Because you practiced out in the woods. You, when you practice, you practice correctly. Now, when the going gets tough, you could get it going. Yeah. You don't have to be a victim now because you've gotten already developed the skills. You've already got the attitude hey, I can do it here. I can do it here too. Yeah. If I can do it when I'm well. I can do it now when I'm sick. Yeah. If I could do it while I'm sitting in the woods, and be really comfortable and happy. I can do it while I'm sitting here doing dissertation too. Yeah. Because it has all to do with attitude and we need to practice that. We have to remember that over and over again. The memory to remember to practice is the yeah. most important skill to develop. Yeah. To remember to look at how you feel, to remember to look at what kind of thoughts you have. Yeah. So and that if should you're be doing dissertation and you're feeling bad, then take a break. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So is that or should that be a fruit of the practice that to make this these things continuous, not like like a blinking, like it's blinking up or I feel good because all these factors we were talking about come together and then the hindrances come in and you're right. The answer to that is correct. We can think of it like that is maga and fala, or the path and the fruit of the path. The path is the development of the skill, and then the fruit is the fruit of that skill development. Yeah. So, sati. The path of sati is to keep practicing. The fruit of sati is, is that now you can wake up when you need to wake up. Okay, so the practice of joy is developing the joy, and then the fruit is the development or the the experience of the joy. Yeah. And everything is like that. Everything has a, a domino effect, a cause and an effect. So you could say that the path is the cause and the fruit is the effect of the of walking the path. Yeah. And so we have that that fruit is available with 
just throwing that thought out. And that's a relief. What a relief it is. I don't have to think about that dissertation right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So taking the relief, taking the uh, the thought and and then the next thought will be, I can do that, re that dissertation. I'll do it great. Just not right now. Right now, I'm going to work on feeling good. And when I feel really good, then I'll do the dissertation. Yeah. So whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Do it with thy power. Yeah. Do it with that attitude. I could do this. Yeah. And that takes on our whole life. Even when we're sick, we have that attitude. I can handle this. I can get out of that. In fact, that happened uh, about four years ago, I, I remember now. What had happened was is that I had gotten really sick and uh, uh, it came down with pneumonia, basically. With I could feel it. I mean, breathing was a gurgle. <laughs> <laughs> and so, quite naturally, family takes me to the hospital. They put me on oxygen and I feel fine the next morning. And so I said, I'm ready to go home. And I came home and it all started up again. And that's when I had the idea, this is what I need to do. I need to start breathing in a way that is intentionally emptying uh, the moisture in the craft out of the lungs. Yeah. And I practiced that. And with 24 hours, I was able to cure the, um, the pneumonia. It was, a, it was amazing, amazing yeah. that I could actually breathe that stuff out, kept throwing it out, <laughs> throwing it out, spitting it out, getting it out of the lungs. I had actually laid on the bed on my chest so that I could hang my head over the side way low down to get as much of the body upside down as possible to let that stuff drain out while I'm lay, laying there breathing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that. And doing that when you're really sick. Yeah. I mean, this is pneumonia. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. the time to take that power to do yeah. it. To have that idea that I can handle this. I don't have to go back to the hospital. I can breathe my way through this. That That's yeah. the might. The knowing that we can get this done. Yeah. And so that's why because sickness, I mean, with a dissertation, you can say the hell with dissertation. I'm not going to do it. And then you're finished. But sick, we can't handle that the same way. No, when you're sick, we've got to deal with being sick. Yeah. But if we could deal with being sick, dissertation, piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, there's one more thing about that, and that is, is that uh, the Buddha talks about uh, uh, dukkha at the, at the end of it, or the big part, is old age, sickness, and death. Mm -hmm. I like to tell the students that uh, that's the lucky sequence, old age, sickness, and death, if you're lucky. Yeah. If you're not lucky, you're going to get sick and die young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very but much, yeah. in any case, you're going to get old, you're going to get sick, and you're going to die. Yeah. N knowing that in advance, let's get ready for it. Yeah. Knowing that I can handle anything, even getting old. Yeah. 75. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah. So this is the way we go. Everything is all right, knowing that things are going to get worse. And when they do, I'll handle it. Yeah. Right up to the point of death. Someday you're yeah. going to die. How are you going to handle that? Very well. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So it's all about attitude. Not all it's about, all but a, a big part of it is attitude. Major part of it, but the major part yeah. of developing the right attitude is right sati to remember, right investigation to see what the mind is doing, and the right effort to build on that so that we can then develop that right attitude. This is the Eightfold Noble Path. 
Those four yeah. things bring about that right unification of mind. Yeah. This is the lion's mind. And that lion now is so strong and so powerful that he's not going to go break the precepts. He's not going to go harm anybody. He's not going to steal. He's not going to hurt uh, a guy's wife. He's not going to tell lies. Yeah. He doesn't need to do any of that stuff. He's good to go. He's fine. Yeah. Ethics is only for successful people. Losers and fools are criminals. <laughs> yeah. So this is whether what you were caught at about it, or whether you call it or not. But when your mind is in a wholesome, healthy condition, your morality is automatic. Yeah. When your thoughts are wholesome, you're not about to go do unwholesome things. That the mind is the forerunner for everything. If you don't have any unwholesome thoughts, then you're not going to go do any unwholesome business. Yeah. And this is the way that the Buddha talks about it. And yet in, in Buddhism, we give children precepts. Oh, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt <laughs> not piddle around. Thou shalt not get drunk. You know, these are the, the rules, uh, the way that it's expressed. Rather than saying that, no, when the Eightfold Noble Path is developed, we just kind of don't have anything to do with that stuff. Atamayata. Don't want to have nothing to do with that stuff. I'm good to go already. Yeah. I've got a wonderful balloon here. Why should I want to poke it with a pen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is the way that we look. We look at it in the sense of let's get the mind in really wholesome states and then we can do anything. Yeah. If we try to do it before we get the mind in a, in a wholesome state, Number one, we're not going to like doing it. And number two, it's not going to be a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bante, you, um, is it right that you cannot really split uh, spiritual life and lay life having a job? It I, do not see, I do not see the, the distinction. Yeah. It should and be not only that, but the word spirit has to, I mean... You you know words like expire. Uh, How about exhaust? Yeah, yeah, exhaust. Yeah. Okay. What is exhaust? It's breathing like, out. I mean, what does a car do? They even call it belching smoke. <laughs> okay, exhaust or uh, expire has to do with breathing. That spire, yeah. that spiritual. So actually, uh, uh, breath of life. When we think about, uh, let us say this, ordinary people in ordinary life think about ordinary things like things, society, other people, rights, rules, rituals, ways to do things, others, all of that kind of stuff. When we begin to get spiritual, we think about the value of life itself, how precious it is to be alive and conscious. And how yeah. marvelous it is to be aware of the environment that we're in. Yeah. That we're more to uh, to existence than just a bottle of water. I mean, this water bottle right here has about as much water in it as this water bottle does. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's a little bit more in there. And that that more is what makes us human. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's so marvelous is to be human. This is what we actually mean by the spiritual life then is that it's life itself. Breathe thou the breath of life. So life and breath are deeply, deeply related. And it always has to do with about this present moment. That's yeah. what makes it spiritual in a real sense. But many people yeah. confuse or conflate spirituality with the ordinary world in the sense that the real world, that when I fall, I trip and fall, I get hurt. And then there's the magical world of when I trip and fall, <laughs> I don't get hurt. But that's what they think is spiritual world. It's just a yeah. magical world that really doesn't exist. Yeah. But the real spiritual world is this present moment. And wow, how marvelous it is to be alive. And to be part yeah. of it. Yeah. And so in that regard, 
I would say that the ordinary life actually is replaced completely by the spiritual life. And then you go out and do what you want to do. You're in the world, but not of the world. That you're around miserable people, but you're not miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're around dissertations, but you're not buried under that dissertation. You're sitting on top <laughs> of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, this is, is all a matter of attitude, just all attitude. Yeah, definitely. But attitude is based upon success. And we mm -hmm. have to keep succeeding at throwing these unwholesome thoughts out and putting wholesome thoughts in. Yeah. And then we good at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Effort or effort to, yeah, to, or let's say right effort is easy to put up when you have like beautiful situations, but it really That's becomes right. an effort when having stressful situations. Precisely. So let's look at the, uh, the relationship between the enthusiasm and effort. If we don't really want to do it, then the effort that it takes is a lot. If we want to do it, then the effort is easy. Yeah. An example of that is, is that mom sees the trash needs to be taken out. Big thing, all the trash in the kitchen. So she tells her teenage son, Tommy, Tommy, go take out the trash. He does, but it's a lot of work. He struggles. He doesn't want to do it. He does it. Yeah. Does what he's told to do. Now the opposite is, uh, he walks into the kitchen. He sees for himself the trash is piled up and it needs to be taken out. And he'll say, hey, mom will be really pleased if I take the trash out. Yeah. And he picks it up and he takes it out and there's nothing to it because now he's got an enthusiastic attitude. Same job, same trash, but the yeah. mind is strange. Yeah. So this is the where, how enthusiasm affects effort. So that our effort becomes actually energy. I mean, we're just ready to go. We're enthusiastic for this Dharma stuff now. <laughs> yeah. That's this why the last... energy in the beginning becomes effortless. Yeah. This last sentence or this last statement you gave is, seems to be very precious to me right now because I'm there's a whole bunch of thinking right now about me like having some insights in terms of that you just um precisely gave the statement about what the real problem with my situations i don't like is it's becoming enthusiastic or really putting effort in it yeah right that must be so very are you going to do your dissertation with effort or are you going to do it with enthusiasm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we've gotten this pretty well straightened out. I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to share this with you. There you yeah. have a lot of fun doing that dissertation. I'm not worried about its outcome at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Bunta, thank you for this great talk. Thank you very much. Uh I'm glad to see you again. Excellent. Bye see bye. you soon. Okay, bye-bye. See you soon. Bye-bye.